So let's get this podcast started. Do you know who the wealthiest drummer in the world is? Uh, Travis Barker. No, it is Ringo Starr. As oh, okay. of 2020, he was worth $350 million. 300, that's it? That's it. So don't uh, don't be a drummer. That's the, the lesson there. Yeah. Don't let your mom ever tell you that you can't make a living doing drums. But that's unicorn status right there. So Yeah, he's a, he's a one of one for sure. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about drums. We're going to talk about drummers. Who are some of your biggest influences or like favorite drummers? Uh, I mean, starting off, it was Metallica. Just, I mean, even with like learning guitar, because me and my friends back in the day, we used to like play guitar and drums or we yeah. would try we'd all kind of like hop off, like someone would play drums, someone would play guitar. So those were kind of like my first learning of drums or like corn, stuff like that. Like pretty, pretty simple stuff. That's just more groove based. I mean, Metallica is a little bit more of kind of like the more upbeat, thrashy sort of a little bit of double bass here and there sort of stuff. But just, you know, learning that, that kind of thing. Um, as I got older, I started really getting into Dream Theater and Mike Portnoy, just because all the like the cool rhythmic syncopated stuff or like odd time grooves yeah it's always like you know when you hear that you're like like you're just like what is going on with that it's just like because i i wanted to be a drummer actually before guitar okay I'm, i've probably talked about this on the podcast before but i i actually wanted a drum set first because a friend of mine in high school had a guitar so i was like well maybe if i can get drums we could start a band right <laughs> so i couldn't get a drum set didn't have room for it but I came across a friend who was selling a guitar and, you know, but I always kind of in the back of my head, like it'd be cool to be. You wish you were a drummer a little bit. I wish I was a drummer. Yeah. I'm yeah. A guitar. It's like when you, when you hear like Alan Holdsworth, you know, he's like, he wanted to be a saxophone player, but he could only get a guitar. And then he tried, <laughs> he's spending his whole life making the guitar sound like a saxophone. Right. But I'm not sitting trying to make my guitar sound like drummer. Like, no, no. But, um, well, we can't uh, we can't talk about rock drumming without talking about Ringo Starr. Um, Ringo. So I think he at the time he was like a phenomenon, mm-hmm. uh, and like they were such a style setter and a genre bender, and like they were everyone was playing swing, like the the hi hats or the the ride. Everyone was. Mm-hmm. And then he came in and was just playing straight eights and everyone was like, what is this? This dude's rocking it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and surprise, we have rock. Well, it's like when I, th- you know, when you're thinking about drummers, especially drummers from back in the day, like you think dudes like Buddy Rich, who mm-hmm. even metal drummers like Buddy Rich, especially because he would do like the kind of like the, well, in metal, ter- in metal, they call it gravity blast where the, where it's just like a, like a one, like a single handed roll, like where it kind of rebounds. Okay. And, um, yeah. And like, you know, you got guys like Buddy Rich who like back in the day were just like destroying everybody years and years ago. Yeah. So that's, doesn't surprise me that someone like Ringo Starr, you know, like even for, I mean, the Beatles in general were, I think always kind of pushing the boundaries and like experimenting and for as much as they've written so many like classic songs like they were definitely one of those bands that were always doing something different changing Mm -hmm. the game in some way yeah pushing the envelope yeah love them or hate them they changed everything yeah i know some people that hate them Uh, yeah every time the beatles come up they're just like skip it's like me with led zeppelin i'm like i don't want to hear about oh wow that's a hot take yeah one of my favorite drummers is steve jordan and I found out about him through the John Mayer trio, which mm. uh, is just absolutely disgusting 
like blues rock music. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've seen some live DVDs of like his more like bluesy yep. side stuff. And yeah, all those dudes get down. It's spicy. Yeah. Um, and Steve Jordan played with just an incredible number of artists, like big name artists, Eric Clapton, that kind of thing. Uh, and so one, one tip I have, if you're trying to learn the drums is to look up touring drummers and studio drummers. These are people who don't have like a household name necessarily. Like they're not Phil Collins or Travis Barker, but these are people who are just absolutely locked into the beat and are very musical players and everything they do is gold. So you'll see them on like so many records, like they'll play Mm -hmm. just hundreds and hundreds of albums and then they'll go on tour with these people and they just kind of sit back. They're not in the limelight, but they're just making music. There's always, always in some kind of project and, Yep. Recording and stuff. Did you ever get into like gospel drumming? Um, like, like dudes like like Eric Moore or uh, or even I think Tony Royster Jr. Like, I don't know. Have you ever heard of Tony Royster Jr. Actually? No, that, no, no. Dude, he was like a like a child prodigy. Okay. I remember years ago seeing this this drum solo he did where I think he was like 11 or 12, maybe even younger. And he was just destroying it. And he like <laughs> I think he plays for like Jay-Z now or something or like some some big hip-hop artists crazy so it was like one of those guys that you're just like this kid's gonna do something yeah big because he's just too good like i'm like unless he just one day says like i don't want to play drums anymore but it was just it wasn't a surprise at all to see that he ended up you know playing for some really big artists but yeah gospel drummers man like for anyone who's listening who are like wanting to find some drummers that'll blow your mind just look up go on youtube and type up gospel chops and like you'll just see these guys who just like they call it like shedding like they'll be in a like mm-hmm. a room with a bunch of drummers and they'll just be like kind of like improving and playing beats and going off and like passing it over like a lot of linear stuff uh which is really cool it's like we're basically like no two uh drum hits hit hit at the same time right so like it almost seems very um like rudiments mm-hmm. so like if you have like right left right left kick kick or something so instead of but you could like you know you could do that where it's like both around the on your feet but then eventually like start to spread it out so you could be like snare tom 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 do do like you could basically just like take those things and just spread all those different notes across the across the drum kit and just get some like stuff that makes you sound like way more of a badass than maybe you probably are just because it's it's just like so cool because i mean you could just you know you could play fast i mean most people think with like crazy drumming it's like fast yeah but it's like when you're moving around the, the kit and like doing like stuff that sounds way way more intricate than it maybe really is like uh there's this uh my there's a dude on youtube named mike john i think mike johnston uh he's a teacher He's a drum teacher. Yeah, yeah, and, I watch him. And he he does such a great job of like taking these types of concepts and making them very easily digestible. So like if you're even like wanting to learn drums, I would check that guy out. And he just has a great he just has a great way of communicating like simple ideas but then when you hear him like put it into into action something like that like cuz I I first heard about him from a friend of mine who was getting into drumming and he was all into like linear drumming and like gospel type stuff and yeah, it's like really some really cool ideas that you can take that are super simple and kind of go crazy with. Yeah, I like really understated drumming for the most part. So one of my favorite drummers right now is Anderson Pack, hmm. and he's a singing drummer, singing rapping drummer, um, and his stuff is like 
it seems simple on the surface, but then when you get behind a drum set and you try to play it, it's like, wow, this dude is doing so much underneath. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's crazy. Um, and so like that kind of stuff is really impressive to me when you're not trying to just fill everything, like every moment uh, with, with drum fills, mm-hmm. uh, but you're playing like very musically. And another, yeah. another drummer who does that is uh, Perrin Moss. And he, mm. he plays in a band called Hiatus Coyote. They're oh, Australian, yeah. Australian four piece, and they're like neo soul stuff. But they, it, he makes the drums like a very musical instrument that's kind of going back and forth with the others. So that kind of stuff is really cool. But Travis Barker is an all time influence for me, and like I hate yeah. to, I hate to say that because of how stereotypical it is. But uh, in high school, his drumming influenced all of the bands I listened to. I wasn't like a huge Blink fan, Mm -hmm. but it just like spilled over from his influence into the stuff I listened to. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up trying to play all kinds of stuff that is basically stealing from him. Yeah. So did you start, because I know you got a drum set right next to you in that room still, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Like, did you start learning drums after guitar or before? Um. It was around the same time that we got a drum set. Like I got, I got my first guitar and then we got a drum set, like a cheap garage sale drum set. And I was trying to convince my brother to play it. So I ended up playing on the drums whenever I wasn't playing guitar, basically. Hmm. And I I never had any drum lessons and I'm a drum tourist, but Mm -hmm. uh, my basic like best way to learn is just to play along with your favorite music. Yep. That I would say that for anything. Drums are like the most easy to get into instrument, I think, because you you don't really even need a set. Like you can use sticks and pots and pans, like as every uh, every early childhood drummer will tell you. But mm-hmm. you can start just keeping a beat, and you don't need a saxophone or a guitar or any any sort of musical like harmonic or melodic knowledge. Mm-hmm. You you just start with that one, two, three. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that actually helps you with all of your other instruments, just being able to keep a nice steady beat and have good rhythm. Yeah, that's really what it's all about. It's just like rhythm. And, and I feel like drums are I think the reason a lot of people like drums is because unlike a piano or, or like a keyboard that has like, you know, like all these little notes and buttons, it's, it's very easy to be a lot more like oh, a little bit, you know little bit scary like with with drums drums are like pretty instantly gratifying i mean you you'd have to be playing really poorly to make like a hit sound bad unless you're just like hitting it on the side of the the snare or something like like well i don't don't know it doesn't sound right but you know yeah it's really would still sample that though for sure yeah yes exactly throw a bunch of reverb on it (laughs) but yeah like like with drums you know like you your first thing you hear is you know you have you know, your right foot, you know, like, you know, if you can do that and then just like adding in like your right foot, like that's like the most basic thing. And that's, it's kind of like the whole, like tapping your head and like rubbing your belly sort of thing is <laughs> right. that's, that's the main thing that you're trying to learn is just like, kind of like dividing these different rhythms and how to think about it to where you can play these little grooves and then just kind of build from there. Cause once you get that kind of stuff internalized, then you can, you know, or like, and then like instead of just do then you start to do 
and then like you start playing with feel and dynamics and stuff and then you're kind of off to the races but that's it, it's all about just like starting very simple yeah separating your two hands and your two feet is very difficult yeah like you're not thing- used to doing things like with one foot while you're doing something else with your other hands yeah like like doing the whole kind of like kind of like more like subdivide sort of stuff where like where you have like your left foot going the whole time mm-hmm. while you're doing beats and then kind of that sort of thing like that that kind of stuff always threw me out because i never really practiced that then you know the music we would always play it was just usually pretty just like you're there on the on the hi-hat you do a roll and hit some cymbals and you're on the ride or maybe you're riding on a cymbal or something like a crash or you know but like that that's the kind of stuff that used to like kind of trip me up where you just have like kind of like the pedal chick just going the whole time like yeah or like you know messing around with like ghost notes and stuff like because ghost like people who can pull off like cool jazzy or like fusion drums with like you know little intricate like ghost notes in there like when you listen to a recording session and you just solo out this and you're like like that is a a very awesome skill that can probably go under look just because sometimes stuff like that can get buried in a mix. Mm-hmm. But like when you watch really good drummers who, d- who do that kind of stuff, it's just like, like, like you were saying, it's so musical and yeah. like, yeah. But I would say that's like very advanced. Like that's for people who've been playing, you know, five, 10 years or whatever, where, yeah. whereas most people hopping on a drum set for the first time, it's all very foreign. And then you hit, like let's say you you hit the kick and you're like mm-hmm. oh that sounds cool and then you hit the snare and you're like, oh that sounds cool I've heard that before and you close the hi hat and you play the hi hat and these kind of things all one at a time like your ear perks up because number one it's super loud and number mm-hmm. two it's like I've heard this so many times before and then just figuring out a way to keep a steady beat with just the kick and just the snare will go a long way. Um, and then you can you can add other things on top of that, but it's the foundation of it is just keeping a steady beat. And so that's that's one of the reasons I really like playing with albums, mm-hmm. um, like very simple music. Like I played with a lot of Beatles, uh, Reliant K, very mm-hmm. simple four on the floor most of the time, like four four stuff. And it wasn't it wasn't trying to be Rush or Genesis or any crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, intricate music this was all pretty simple and that's that's where i would start mm-hmm. is just getting getting that kick in the right place getting that snare in the right place and then you can work your way up from there yeah it's just because i mean with drums it's all about being in the pocket you know mm-hmm. i mean stuff can be a little loose or have a little swing to it or whatever but that's your goal is like to be in time like you are the backbone of your band yeah if you if you fall off the rails, you're taking everyone with you. And we've all that, you know. played with a drummer who wasn't great. Like we've all played with somebody who speeds up through the track or slows down through the track. And you yeah. get to the, you get to the bridge and you're like, how did we get to 105 BPM? We started at 120. Like it's painful, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's easy, especially, you know, like, I mean, because the music I've always played live is more like extreme kind of stuff. Not to brag. No, well, it's not bragging because it's <laughs> difficult. I wish I was just playing more fun stuff. This shit's too hard. Yeah. But um, it, it's very easy to, when you're playing stuff that is fast music for it to get faster, especially when you add some adrenaline and, you know, people in the crowd. It's like, like, hey, you know, you look back at the drummer like, hey, take it down a little bit. You know, stuff can get a little uncontrollable, especially when you're playing in like the 240, 250 BPM kind of stuff. Right. Like, especially the the 
the first band that I used to tour in, like it was always, always pretty fast, like in the two forties, two fifties. So you're like, you know, and then it starts going even like, okay, that like, this is the tempo that we, we set it to be <laughs> when stuff goes like five, 10 BPM faster. It's like, no, I, I can like, it's just not even fun anymore. Right. Or, or probably just sounds like, like what's going on, you know, especially if that wasn't yeah. the intention, but <laughs> yeah, just, just being in the pocket, that's like the best thing you can do. Like, and yeah, and like you said, learning stuff that you're into, that's just chill. Cause yeah, like there's, there's no need to like, like, all right, I want to be Neil Pert, you know? I mean, there's nothing against that. If mm -hmm. you're like, that's like my aspiration, yeah. you know, like if I was like, man, I want to be Mike Mangini, who's a, he's like the drum, the drummer in dream theater now, you know, like those types of guys who are just like crazy machines, but then reverse engineer that and be like, how do I get, how do I get to that point? you know, without just like making me want to give up. Right. He's in like, my, my feet can't do that. Or like, I can't play roles that fast, you know? Cause it's like, when you think of the comparison, like I always tried to compare learning an instrument or anything to something I've already done. I've, I've done this with music stuff. I've done this with other skill sets and breaking it down in a way to where it's easier to kind of like not overwhelm yourself. Like I think of yeah. like rudiments, like playing chromatic warm-up scales, like it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just fundamental things that you do for just kind of keeping, keeping the ligaments sharp. You know, it's like, that's not the fun stuff. You don't want to sit there all day. But, you know, I would try to start doing that, like basic, like right, left, right, left rudiments, or like right, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right, right. Or like right, 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 left, 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 you know, that sort of thing. And, and just little, little different things, you know, cause you can apply all that sort of stuff to, you know, to musical ideas, but it's just kind of being able to practice that kind of stuff and be able to have those movements under your belt and you can get crazy. And there's so many different types of rudimentary type things for drumming, but yeah. yeah. And having experience with the beat and with the rhythm and being comfortable living in that environment also makes you a better musician overall. Like if you look mm -hmm. at famous singers, uh, you got Dave Grawl, you got Phil Collins, you got Ringo Starr, uh, Anderson Pack, like I mentioned, Stevie Wonder actually plays really good drums. Oh, cool. Um, so there's like so many people who are also like can sing or can play guitar because they understand the fundamental foundation of rhythm. And mm -hmm. so like just translating that from knowing where the downbeat is also can help you with like a strumming mm -hmm. pattern on your guitar. Yeah. And the, the great thing about learning drums, I mean, this goes the same, you know, especially for like we talked about with, you know, people who learn how to put together orchestral music, like that's way more knowledge that you need to have to even put something like that together versus like learning drums. Because like, I would always recommend for anyone who's a musician learning drums, at least basic mm -hmm. drum stuff, because that stuff, when you understand how even just a ba like basic drumming works and just, you know, limitations, like, of course you can't hit like three cymbals and two toms at the same time. Like if mm -hmm. you program that, someone's probably going to be very upset with you. <laughs> but like, you know, just basic stuff because like, um, like I started learning drums. The whole reason why I started like, like really trying to like learn and perform drums. Like before it was just like, I, I had basic stuff that I could do from just like, you know, jamming covers and stuff with friends. 
but like actually really trying to like play like more like faster death metal stuff, which is like more of the stuff that I was getting into. I was like watching a lot of videos from like Flo Monier from this band called Cryptopsy, Derek Roddy. He's a, another death metal drummer and, and just um, trying to, to learn that, that sort of thing. But then I discovered the whole world of drum programming and I was right. like, so I don't need to learn how to play this stuff and record it in order to like write my own music. And that was was kind of a game changer for me. Like, I don't know how how you were like when all of a sudden like, well, you can like get these like really cool drum sounds and make your own music. And and of course, like when you first start, everything's at like 127. There's no dynamics <laughs> and you're just like, you don't really know what you're what you're quite doing yet. But like all that time I spent learning drums, I instantly was able to apply it to drum programming because, right. you know, like, OK, like I want to do this type of groove. Or like, you know, like in death metal, there's like, they call them like bomb blasts where it's like basically like double bass and the snares on the, you know, like the first, like basically, yeah, like on your right foot, you're always going to play a snare. Just sounds super punishing. But then like, there's like different types of ones where it's kind of like a skank beat, but played really fast, like where the kick and snare are alternating. So it's like, once you kind of like learn these different grooves or different things, or even just listening to drummers and being like, oh, okay, like trying to like, you know, dissect that. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't really take the time to learn drums, that process would have probably felt a little bit more like, oh, because you're like, how do I go about programming drums? Like what, like what would they do? I mean, everyone listens to music with drums, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone programs drums yeah. properly. So um, I would always suggest even like, if you're any kind of musician who does stuff in the studio, like programming or learn or learning drums to be able to program them more, more accurately, I, I think is definitely worth doing. And, and especially like when you learn different types of grooves or, or, or experimenting with different types of grooves on other types of music. Cause you know, it's, I think it's very easy to like start programming and it just sounds kind of basic, but like experimenting with other, other types of grooves on riffs. Like that's the thing I, I started finding really fun with mm-hmm. uh, like working on my own music is like, Oh, like what if I tried this, you know, drums, drum groove. Cause you don't, you know, it's like when you're trying to explain drums to a drummer, you know, sometimes there could be a little bit of like a, like a language barrier with like, go like boots to do It's a lot of mouth noises. Yeah. It's like when you're a guitar player and you're like, Jan, Jin, like, okay. Like Jan, Jin, Jin, what? Yeah. You know, but I'm, you know, I'm sure you've experienced that being in bands like the band talk. But it's not like, oh, you know, play the uh, on the fourth measure. You know, like we didn't do that. It was just like <laughs> do the jung jung. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I play the virtual drums in live just to a click, and mm-hmm. that that helps a lot with playing like a real drummer. Like you're not going to play ten toms at once, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go back and do overdubs of like, okay, here's a fill, or you know, we're going to change this measure to keep it interesting and not make it mundane. But Mm -hmm. I always start out playing to a click and just playing my keyboard keys or using the machine micro Mm -hmm. and having some sort of drum pads is really fun. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because like you don't, I mean, there's some really great finger drummers out there. Like Dom Dom Segalis, he's one of those guys. Like I've seen some other, some other ones as well where like they can just like perform that kind of stuff in really well. I mean, because the cool thing is you can you can build on, you know, each time, like you were saying, like, like first pass. Right. And just just getting like the solid, like, like piece by piece kind of thing. And then just 
And that way it kind of isn't just like hard quantized and, or, you know, if you need to nudge stuff a little bit, you can, you know, or then later on you can go in and like do a pass of like dynamics to, you know, Oh, I kind of hit this one a little bit harder, but it, it, it makes it a little bit more, um, more of a, of a performance than just yeah. like clicking in all the notes. Cause, cause then after that, then you still got to go through and like, then adjust all the dynamics unless mm-hmm. you have some kind of macro that's like set up to like make it to where each drum hit is like randomized or like velocity is randomized between like 115 and 122 or something <laughs> like that to where like, Oh, okay. Like you don't have to go in and do all that or then randomize all the, you know? So, I mean, there are some things you can do to kind of speed up that process, but that's definitely a, a, a fun way to do it. That's a little bit more, performance like it's like i always like playing in percussion libraries like anytime i'm like performing some kind of uh more like epic or cinematic kind of drum stuff with like you know ape or something like i like playing it in even if i got to go back and and tweak it i like being a little you know programming the stuff in because if you're just everything was just like click 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 or yeah drawing stuff yeah i mean i mean sometimes that that's cool too if especially if you're just like and it i know this is going to be all quantized you know you just be like do 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 all right highlight all that just like duplicate it like eight times and then like start adding other drums or whatever but yeah i i I think that's uh, a fun a fun way to do things you know even if it if it seems like it takes a little bit longer it's it probably will still save you time because at least like you're kind of getting the performance in there feels a little bit more natural more like a drummer yeah it's more authentic and a lot of the times if you played a decent performance you might not quantize it 100 percent, so it might be 70 percent quantized or the hi-hats might be a little behind and you actually want that oftentimes yeah or i mean because there are sometimes where drummers don't play quantized <laughs> right robots you should probably never have quantized drums i mean and i mean there's cool stuff that you can do in in cubase where you can have these like midi modifiers here comes the cubase commercial look man I've been trying to get you on Cubase for a long time now. Well, for all right, for those of you who do use Cubase, there's probably stuff like this in other DAWs too, but there's these cool MIDI modifiers where, especially if you're doing like percussion stuff, you can have everything like quantized to the grid, but then you can set these like randomizers to where it'll like kind of shift the hits a little bit, like forwards and backwards. Nice. So, so you can keep it all quantized but it will play back a little bit looser, which is pretty cool. Like, and that, that, that's a way of like, if your workflow is you like to quantize stuff and have it nice and clean and tidy and, and all that, you can do that while not sacrificing, sacrificing any kind of like um, playback where it's a little bit sterile and kind of, mm, yeah, this feels a little too robotic or something. So that's a cool, uh, a cool way to, to get around that too. The machine has a nudge feature and I think it's nudge like 10% at a time or maybe it's mm-hmm. adjustable, but you can just like, instead of, you know, nudge by a 32nd note or a 16th note, it's like mm-hmm. just a tiny bit and then mm-hmm. you can play, play each of those back. And that's how like the Dilla beats kind of, kind of work. It's like he was playing like an analog sampler um, and playing hi-hats in like that. But if you're trying to achieve that sound, you got to get certain hi-hats to be behind yeah i have um some like little macro things where it nudges uh like minus five and plus five ticks okay so it'll just kind of you know if here's the if here's the grid and it's like right here it'll just like go or just like (laughs) slightly slightly off in in 
either direction and it's all random. So, you know, so that's a pretty cool way to like instantly kind of get a little bit of loose stuff too. Yeah. Cause like you'll, you'll see, you know, if you've been in the studio and you're working with drummers, sometimes they play ahead, sometimes they play a little behind. And then if you like highlight all their stuff and then just like shift it up, like it's like, oh, now it's all perfect. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, even with like, you know, recording guitar, like you, it, you'll see like, oh, I'm playing that a little too fast or, yeah. you know, or, or I'm anticipating this thing a little too quick or, you know, so it's like, I don't, I don't like to quantize drums really because it's like, no one really plays like that unless, I mean, it depends unless you're doing like some kind of very dense trailer kind of music or something and everything has to be like, yeah, it's at the frame. Yeah. Like everything has to be tight. Like when, and then also from a production standpoint, like when, when there's a lot of like big impacty drums mm-hmm. like when stuff's slightly off like you can hear it it'll start to sound a little like clustered you know? yeah the other side of that coin is you want things to be a little bit off you don't want things to hit exactly at the same moment for impacts like that because it'll actually sound bigger if they're a little bit separated like if the high trebly stuff like stingers are just like a little later than the the bass low sub stuff Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like fractions, fractions of a second, but yeah. tiny, tiny amounts. But if if they're hitting at the exact same point, it can actually sound smaller. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where I guess it, it it comes into like the the types of sounds that you're using. Like if yeah. you're using like too many low end drums and then like one smaller, higher impact thing, or also like how you how you program the drums too, mm-hmm. with like big hits on like the one doom. And then like, and then like more higher drums, kind of like, like, yeah, you know, it's like you don't, you don't usually tend to do like the bigger low end drums, like, constant. It's just like, you're you're just like, what the hell is going on? Like, so it's like finding that kind of. Uh, it's funny uh, when I interviewed Jason Graves on the podcast. He was I, one of the first or second people that I, I interviewed on there, and. Since he's a drummer, he was talking about how he used his his drum concepts for even programming like orchestral stuff. Okay. Like thinking of like the kick is kind of like the cellos and the basses, the snares or it's kind of like the viola. <laughs> and then like the hi hats is kind of like the violins, you know? So if you're like dun 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 you know, or then okay, or like like and I was just like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Like kind of going back to like like what I was saying about the whole like applying new things to to stuff that you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's a really cool idea. And I was even thinking like that would be interesting to like apply that sort of concept to like drum grooves and like writing orchestral stuff around it. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of a an interesting sort of musical writer block hack or something. Like, I don't know really what to do. You know, listen to some cool drummers and then maybe try to like write some sort of orchestral thing based off of like a one of your favorite drum grooves and just kind of like because you know because there's no musical uh aspects to the drums so that's where it's like it's more rhythm yeah and then from there kind of like applying the you know the types of notes or what chord or progression just like from what comes from that it's like oh that's a pretty interesting concept get some serialism basically going on pretty much yeah i like it rhythmic serialization next library coming out soon <laughs> just a bunch, a bunch of cereal thrown at your face all right or just like throwing your speakers <laughs> i don't so know the reason we're talking about drums today is we just released david oliver's drum kit and mm-hmm. this is a deeply sampled we're talking 
five different mic positions, deeply, deeply sampled a vintage drum kit that is great for rock and jazz and pop. And I would use it on soul stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I did a demo using it that is kind of jazzy and it was just using a Rhodes, a virtual Rhodes. And I played some live bass on it and then I just programmed David Oliver's drum kit and it turned out really nice. Just some uh, good old vintage verb on there. And so it's like a trio, like a jazz trio. Mm-hmm. And then Craig, I know you have a rock track coming out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be releasing probably probably at the time that this podcast is out, it'll be on our YouTube channel. I'm doing a, another sound iron session on like writing like a modern rock style track. Cause a lot of the demos, you know, there was a lot of like, there's some, you know, David's is really cool. Is this really like kind of funky track. Yep. Then you had that kind of more like, kind of like chill jam band vibe, you know, with the dusty roads on it and stuff. And so I was like, Oh, it'd be kind of fun to do something a little, little bit in the rock style. I was like going for very like, you know, when you watch a lot of like reality shows, like I don't know if you've ever seen like Rust Valley Restorers and like uh, what is it, Car Masters? But like when you watch all these, or like when you're watching, like it's funny. Um, uh, one of our coworkers when I posted the track, he was like built Ford tough, yeah, and it's, it's totally that, weird. like just it's like totally a car like, commercial, car like <laughs> like you hear that stuff everywhere when you like if you watch those kinds of shows or if it's like mechanics or, or even like probably like if you watch shows like forged in fire, or like anything that's got like a little bit of a, or like barbecue shows, you know, they'll probably have all that kind of barbecue, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you, you hear it a lot in like kind of like reality TV. So yeah, I'm going to be breaking that, breaking that down. It's, it's in the sound, uh, uh, the SoundCloud playlist if, if anyone wants to check it out, but yeah, that, that video will be out probably by the time this podcast comes out and it's, it was a fun one. There's some cool mixing stuff in there that uh, I haven't gotten to really show off because uh, just kind of never came up. So it'll be a uh, hopefully fun and educational for you guys. And yeah. So if someone wants to kind of reverse engineer their favorite drummer and try to program some drums, well, where would you start? I would just start by watching live videos of the drummer. Uh, I mean that I'm a very visual kind of person. I mean, I would say visually, I like to start there for learning things just so you're not kind of going in blind, I guess. I mean, you can listen to stuff and figure it out. You know, like some people are better than that or better at that than others when it comes to like first getting into, you know, some people like when they were kids, they can hear Beatles tunes on the, on the radio and and then, Oh, they have a piano and just kind of figure it out. But uh, I feel like watching people, it's way easier because especially if you don't know how a drum set is set up or you're not really too familiar with like how their drum set is set up. Cause some people can have, you know, hi hats on the right side. Like, you know, so maybe they might have be like hitting a closed hi hat with their right hand and doing like pedal chicks on, on their left foot. And then you're like, like, wait, how are they doing that? That doesn't make sense. So watching drummers is, is a great way because you can just completely dissect it. I mean, if you're on YouTube to slow it down, just go to the, Go to the settings and, you know, if if they're doing too many like crazy things or, it's, or it seems a little too like hard to follow right away, just go in and like slow it down and you can like watch. Because even like with like learning guitar, just learning how to play an instrument, it, it goes way deeper than that, especially and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when it comes to like the mechanics of things mm-hmm. like not everything is just like clearly laid out 
as it seems like oh like they hold a pick and they go turn that's it, it goes way deeper than that because like especially if you ever watch like um ah, there's this dude he has a, a youtube channel where he he does a lot of like breaking down of like guitar picking mechanics oh yeah and um he talks about like pick slanting and stuff like that and like he'll put a camera like right up in like where they're picking and like slow it down and you'll see like you know how the wrist plays you i've know, watched how, that that channel yeah, like, crazy yeah like how far your pick sticks out like do you angle it and the same thing for drummers you know like if you have like you know there's like the what is it like french grip and traditional I, uh, traditional is more like the, the side stick right and french grip is more stick, like uh, uh, match grip yeah is, yeah the same yeah so like even that sort of thing because like you know if you watch guys like jojo mayer who's a fucking amazing drummer you know like they'll be like it's not like you just stiffen your arm and just go like this like you know like there's like wrist you know like or like you see guys that are like like they'll they'll like use their fingers to pull in or like you know so you might be like hearing someone playing really quick and you're like i i can't do it like that playing you know how i normally play right so then you watch that video and you see, oh, well, he's doing this like push pull technique where he's using his fingers or it's mm-hmm. more just all finger like and you just see their fingers moving, but their wrist and forearm are doing nothing or or if they're doing like the gravity stuff for or like the more kind of um, what is that called that I think there's like a more technical term for it when when you do that kind of like like one handed roll thing on a snare, you know, but you might hear someone going like 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 how are they doing like a drum roll that sounds like it's two hands. But then they're like hitting symbols and doing all the stuff with their feet. So best way to start is just watch, like watch what people are doing. Like, I think drums are very visual and it helps to to watch. I mean, and honestly, with anything, really, it's like seeing like seeing how people do it, I think kind of demystifies it a little bit more than what you could be thinking it looks like in your own mind. Yeah, I would say getting the basics watching another drummer is easier than watching a guitarist if you know nothing about either instrument Mm -hmm. because you're just seeing these big movements and it's a very primal physical Mm -hmm. action of slamming the snare um i would definitely recommend starting with simple music and there's of course listicles and youtube channels and all that stuff to help you but like uh, an example one is another one bites the dust So like, Mm -hmm. that's a song that you could start out with because the drum beat kind of stays the same through the whole song and it's pretty consistent and it's not too fast. And it also really helps to to play along with songs that you already know well. And when you add your own drums to on top of it, you'll learn new things about the song, but you already have heard this song hundreds of times and that'll help you. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier to kind of like improv and and ad lib on stuff that you know what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's another one by as it does. It's just... Then you're like... Then just get all Mike Mangini on it. You always go... You always take it full expert mode, huh? No. Only in my mind, not in reality. In reality, I would just end up probably doing some BS on it. Or I probably would just keep it simple and not look like a jackass. Yeah, you don't want to get fired from the gig, man. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm not even a drummer. I fire myself. <laughs> so with David Oliver's drum kit, we added a brand new mixer section that we've never put in another library, as well as a brand new fancy effects rack that comes with all of Contact's newer Contact 6 uh, plugins. Some mm-hmm. really nice effects. I really like the the newer reverbs and delays yeah. in Contact. The, the stock stuff is really nice. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like using those. Yeah. Especially like some of the, some of the other like newer effects. It's like, it's, it's stuff that you've seen in, you know, in our effects racks, but just updated looks cooler. Sounds cool. A nice effects rack upgrade. Yep. But for anyone who wants to learn more about David Oliver drum kit, just head over to soundiron.com. And on the product page, we've got a bunch of cool videos. Uh, We're going to, we have like Nathan mentioned his composing video, which is really cool and showing it in a, in a, different way uh we also have some videos of david oliver talking about his drum kit it's a pearl dlx that he's had for like 30 years so it's if these drums could talk they'd probably have a lot to say you know got some they, stories yeah they got some they got some stories you know, have morgan Freeman do some <laughs> some voiceover for it but um yeah like it's just it's just a really cool drum kit that's super versatile and you know, with that vintage sound that a lot of people like to use you because know, it is a vintage kit so it, it's got a lot of like really cool um sounds that you can kind of work with it in a few different ways so uh the video that i'm going to be putting out it's going to be showing it in a little bit more of a rock context i'm going to show some of the mixing stuff i did to kind of use it in a little bit more of a, of a rock context like so that's what that's what i thought was really cool about it is that it's very versatile and just has you know a, a sound of its own and uh and it's still on intro sales so if anyone wants to pick it up and get it while it's on intro and uh yeah and just check it out listen to all the demos like there are so many really cool demos that yeah. were some of my favorites definitely range in genre and yeah. with the mic positions like the kick for example you have the the main close mic and then you have a top mic a bottom mic and then you have the overhead position and then you have the room position mm-hmm. so and you can mix and match with this mixer that i was talking about you can mix and match all of these positions and dial in the width. And I mean, it's very, uh, it's it's intuitive and simple to use, but you can really dial in your own tone and your own sound from the drum set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the last thing I want to mention that I, I really liked about it is the, the, the stereo channel with the TLM 103s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool that you, you know, you have that option of kind of getting a little bit more of that classic sound with the, you know, top and, and bottom snare mics, but those, those stereo, pairs that with the tlm 103s like miking it in stereo it's like some of my favorite types of miking i've ever heard because it just sounds so wide yeah so like full range you're using these you know one one of those mics on there would have sounded great but hearing like two recorded you know in a more stereo close stereo position just yeah like going back and forth i just always tended to favor using the stereo mics just because i just loved the sound of them i was i really liked how, how they came out yeah it's really nice yeah. So as far as things to recommend this week, um, I'll let you think about it while I recommend a couple things. Okay. I have been watching The Terminalist on Amazon Prime, which is starring Chris Pratt as a uh, Navy SEAL commander. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to see the glow up of Chris Pratt from uh, Andy Dwyer, Parks and Rec, to Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, to doing whatever he wants, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a really good show. If you like psychological thrillers, anything like that, where, you know, there's lots of action sequences and also kind of a story with twists and turns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've actually been watching this uh, show called The Unexplained. I think it's on on Netflix with William Shatner. And um, yeah, it's just they just talk about all these like different creepy things, you know, like the Winchester house and the nice. Uh, what was there was some oh, like the that forest in japan the suicide forest like they right, were talking right. about that like just 
anything that's just unusual and and creepy you know if anyone who's seen our our uh evp patrol squad yep paranormal video, you know you know we love that kind of stuff um recommendations rec i would say check out you know since this is a drum episode like check out uh mike johnston's youtube channel honestly yeah. like if any of you out there are like getting bit by the bug a little bit to want to learn some drums feeling feeling drummy after listening to this uh he has a ton of really great instructional stuff on there i mean you, there's plenty of of that kind of content out there but his channel is really good he makes very um difficult or some sometimes difficult concepts very easily digestible and he has a cool personality and great video production and everything sounds good so i would definitely give that a view and yeah i would say if you want to check out some sick drumming watch anderson pack on the tiny desk npr tiny desk from like maybe 2016 it has yeah. millions of views on it and it is disgusting it's so huh. sick check out some gospel chops there you go <laughs> that's, that's yeah. all it's all i can recommend yeah just just go get your mind blown watch that guy <laughs> that nathan has recommended and then just or you know just go on youtube and just type in five-year-old kid shreds on the drums and then yeah, you just those... never want to play drums in your whole life <laughs> those those don't inspire me i'm sorry yeah they just they just make me punch my computer screen you bastard <laughs> all right on that note uh we have a very special guest coming on the pod next week so you need to subscribe to the podcast subscribe yeah. to the youtube channel yeah. i know i know you're thinking about it so just go ahead and do it yeah if you listen just subscribe <laughs> what else you got going on right smash it smash smash that sub i think that's all i think that's all so if you like this episode let us know we'll talk about other instruments talk about other famous musicians i got more film composer breakdowns coming so on that note we'll call it here all right check out david oliver's drum kit and craig i will catch you next week all righty peace, peace.